Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth. And this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Alex Silver Fagan, a yoga instructor, strength coach, author, and mental health advocate. Her mission in life is to help you come back home to yourself, unlock your deepest strength, and find true self-love. In this episode, we chat about Alex's personal wellness journey, becoming a Nike master trainer, unlocking her potential, and working through fear. Alex shares all about her mental health journey the last few years and tips for finding personal self-growth, like being open to saying yes, even if it's uncomfortable, living gracefully, and leaning into fear and manifesting your dreams. This was such a great conversation with Alex. Keep listening to learn more. Alex, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be talking with you today. I've been a huge fan for a while and just, I love your take on wellness and I'm excited for this conversation. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am a huge fan of yours. When we started our call, I mentioned to you that this is a fangirl moment for me because your products have always been a staple in my life, in my home, and being able to talk to you and get to know you better is really amazing. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And as we started talking before we got recorded, you mentioned about pulling a card and I was like, let's just do this as part of the podcast. So Lux is going to pull a card for some intention setting. I am. So I like to do tarot every so often, as I was saying, I'm not, not super skilled in it, but um, so I've laid out the deck. And Elizabeth, I'm going to run my finger along it and I'm going to let you say when, so you can use whatever word, stop, when, (laughs) that one, and then I will see what it is. So here we go. What? I love that. You're very, uh, (laughs) very literal. I said, say, when you say when, (laughs) when, all right, so this is our card. Ooh, so we pulled the King of Swords. Powerful. I like it. And now let me read what the King of Swords is. And I guess our intention, we were pulling the card just as an intention for the conversation, for any topics that we were going to be having uh, come up during the podcast. Let's see. There it is. Okay. King of Swords, serious and in charge, you are the authority. Your powerful mind is your greatest asset, but those around you do not always appreciate your hard truths. You respect the law perhaps too much and often find yourself alienated from those around you. Wow. Does that resonate with you in any way? I mean, I think the strength, the mental strength is definitely very interesting. Yeah. I definitely resonate with this card. Um, I feel like I've been leaning into my authority a lot more recently than ever before in my life, my personal life, professional life. And I used to just allow, I was guided by things that were happening around me and I let opportunities or jobs or people dictate what I was doing next. And I'm now leaning into a new approach where I get to dictate what I do next. And I 
Could not be more fitting. (laughs) Yeah, that's really awesome. So, and I'll tell you a little bit why as we get into the conversation, but King of Swords, cool. And I hope anyone's listening, if if that card resonated with you, then that was for you too. (laughs) It's a good one for all of us. Totally. What is the deck that you use in case anyone wants to go out and check it out? I picked up the, well, my friend actually gave this to me for my birthday. This is the Cosmic Slumber Tarot by Tilly Walden. And it's pretty fun because you can also, there's different ways that you can lay the cards out. It's pretty light in terms of digestibility. I think there are a lot of decks that are very intense and those serve a place and a purpose. But if you're just getting into it, it's a pretty nice and simple and light one to play with. Perfect. Well, thank you for starting. And I can't wait to dive in to hear about how that's really playing out for you right now. Um, I think a good place to start will be getting everybody familiar with your your story and a little bit of your background and your personal wellness journey. And kind of what inspired you initially to get into the world of health and wellness and all those good things. All those good things. Totally. So I, my name is Alex Lorfagan and I, I always start that way, even though I'm, we've already said my name, but my name is Alex Lorfagan. I go by ASF sometimes and I am a fitness professional. I'm a yoga teacher. I am a fitness entrepreneur. I am a mental health advocate. I'm an author. I am a personality. I am an Instagram influencer. And I, I used to not appreciate that term influencer, but I'm really leaning into the fact that I have influence. We all have influence and we have the ability to influence people in a positive way. And the King of Swords authority, right? Like I I lean into that a lot now. So that's a little bit about me. And I've worked with companies like Nike. I was a Nike master trainer on the Nike training club app. I've been an on-camera fitness instructor for a long time. And I have always been blending my love of yoga and strength training together, created a class called Flow Into Strong a few years ago. And it's now actually the lifestyle that I live. It's my mindset. And I'll explain more of that as we get deeper into the call. But I found health and wellness because I was working in nightlife in college and I'd always liked moving my body. I didn't really, I wasn't an athlete, so I wasn't on a sports team, but I was dancing or I was in theater or I was roller skating outside. I always wanted to feel free in some capacity. And that was always in the back of my mind. But when I went to NYU, got wrapped up in nightlife, I ended up working as a bottle waitress. I learned a lot in the, I learned a lot in the nightlife industry and definitely a lot of discipline. Um, met some pretty cool people, but from a health perspective, it wasn't the best, you know, working 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., not sleeping, uh, putting some substances in my body that probably shouldn't need to be there. And it just served its time. And I I woke up one day and I was like, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. So I found bodybuilding. I went on Instagram, actually, and I saw the hashtag Fitspo. So bodybuilding, bikini competitions, and I am an all or nothing type of girl. So I went from working in nightlife, bottle waitressing to I'm going to prep for a bikini competition. And 
go to the gym twice a day and weigh my food and put all of my energy into this. So it was a pretty stark. And had you ever done any kind of workouts like that before? I'd been working out. I'd I'd been making my way to the weight room of my college. Just, you know, I, I am, I'm not intimidated easily. And I found a lot of confidence by being the only girl in the weight room. I loved that, which is probably my Aries energy coming through. I really loved that. And so, but it was really hard to balance that with with nightlife. So it it just kind of disappeared for a little bit. But for me, yoga actually was always a part of my life. And I never, never thought of it as a workout. I started going to a little studio in New York called Yoga to the People on St. Mark's Place, Mm -hmm. community-based, donation-based, your mats are nearly on top of each other. And it was just a room of people breathing, moving together. No one cared what you looked like, who you were, what you did. And I really fell in love with that. And that was early on in college. So before I was in nightlife, but that to me was never a workout. It was just this extra, extra place to reset. And then later on in my professional career in fitness. So I did bodybuilding, bikini competitions. I then started working as a group fitness instructor. I was teaching rowing in the city. That's when Nike found me. I was working with bodybuilding.com and I got wrapped up in a career very quickly right after college that I hadn't taken any time to sit back and assess. And so I went to Thailand for my first yoga training and that was my way of, of let me just look at what I'm doing and see if I even like it. Good thing I did. I came back and then I incorporated yoga into my teaching and created Flow into Strong, which is a class yoga and strength training, but now so much more. So what does that look like today? And I do love your practice. I love that combination because my mind is definitely both. I want to slow down and do yoga, but I also feel totally energized strength training. So I feel like it is that perfect combination. Totally. It's important to understand why you're reaching for a certain movement practice and what it's going to provide afterwards. I think a lot of people just do things because we hear that it's the right thing to do. And then you lean into one modality without recognizing that there's a whole world of other options out there. And you don't have to do all of them. You don't have to do all of them all the time, but maybe this moment calls for this modality, just like when you have a craving for food, there's a reason for it, or you have a craving to go do something or spend time with somebody. So I treat movement the same way. And, but flow into strong as a class, yoga and strength training, intervals of yoga and strength training from a physical standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. We don't do crazy long flows before strength training. It's a lot of isometrics and balance. So it makes sense if from like a, physicality standpoint, but emotionally yoga inherently invites you to come home to yourself. You slow down, you breathe, you're connected. That's built into a yoga practice. And I believe it should be built into the beginning of a strength practice as well. So I invite people to come home to themselves to breathe. And then by the time you're lifting weights, you're so present that you can realize you can do so much more than you thought you could. And then that mindset of this potential, this unlocking the strength that you already have within 
is so beneficial to then bring back to your yoga practice of, wow, I can do anything and I'm practicing life on this mat. I'm not just practicing yoga. So that's the class. And that's also the mindset. You know, it's a journey back home to yourself, finding presence, awareness. You can unlock all of this potential that you already have within. And I gone through a, a bit of a mental health journey and awakening over the, the past two years. And I'm really leaning into that flow into strong, really leaning into my strength inside. I love that. So that's a perfect segue into so many things, but starting with that unlocking potential. And how do you think about, you know, certainly in the class, it's presenting that, but what other areas or tips do you have for people because I think a lot of it can start physically. Like right now, I just decided I'm going to start training for a half marathon out of like not running for 10 years. Wow. And you have that mentality of like, I can't, I can't do this. And a lot of that starts like physically. I think we prevent ourselves from doing things. But then it happens certainly all throughout life of I can't do this. I can't change that. What? What tips do you have around working through the I can't mentality? I would say I always invite people to sit and take a moment of pause and dig a little deeper. So there's usually, there's an emotion that's underneath that I can't or that fear or that anxiety that's holding you back. And when you're able to get quiet with yourself, that will probably come to light like there's something else that is being asked of you and I I think fear is an invitation to go a little deeper so why can't you right do you feel like you physically can't okay so we we can take a step back and we can train for something right we can reach for a program we can take it step by step do you feel like you can't because you're afraid you're going to fail okay, let's talk about why you think you're going to fail. Are there moments in your life where you've experienced failure and it's been detrimental to your being and it's crushed you and maybe we can approach it from a different way. So my number one tip always is like slow down and get quiet and get honest with yourself. Get really honest with yourself about where that fear is coming from. And if you are quiet enough and you take some space from all of the shoulds around you, you're going to hear that, that calling. You'll be able to answer it. I love that. So how, how do you work through your fears beyond that? You do that, that first step and then what happens for you? And then I, I lean in, I lean in. I have spent so much time fighting fear and fighting what I knew what isn't what I knew was inevitable and there's more pain in avoiding something that you think is painful or there's more distress in something that you think is stressful there's more discomfort in something that you think is uncomfortable the it's the the playing with reality the fighting of reality and that only happened, you only learned this if you leaned in, if you've chosen to lean in and realize some of the moments that were the most painful of your life probably led to some beautiful growth and 
actual self-actualization, self-realization. And I went through a lot of that the past two years. Like I wouldn't be able to say that right now had I not quit my job, left or went through a public breakup that was very painful, went to a mental health treatment facility, leaned into something that I wasn't ready for, which was my life completely fell apart. And I'm not saying that that needs to happen for somebody to learn to lean into fear, but the more you practice it, the stronger you will feel, you know, the more you flex a muscle, the stronger it gets. I think the more you lean into fear, the more you realize how strong you actually are. And if you hold back, you're not able, you're not, you're not practicing anything. You're just staying stuck. I think when you hear people talk about their own journeys, it's, and I feel like every single time everyone would agree that I stepped into this area of discomfort and it was for the better. Like no one ever says I did this and God, it was horrible to step out of my comfort zone. <laughs> totally. And you learn something either way. It, it, maybe it, it isn't the best thing that's ever happened, but then you learn and you pivot. But if you're staying in one place, if you're just avoiding the the pain or avoiding whatever discomfort you think is about to happen, it's so much more uncomfortable. There's this image of my therapist showed it to me like the first day that I got to treatment and it's, it's three hands, a fist clenching so tight on a rope that it, the hand is bloody and red and in pain. The second one is it slowly starts to let go. The third is like the hand is free. It's not in pain anymore and you've let go, but holding on so tight to something is usually causing a little bit more of that pain than just letting go. That's such a, Great visual. I love that. So do you want to dive in a little bit to your journey over the last two years? And I guess my my question was going to be, what was the last time that you or the last thing that you did to step out of your comfort zone and do something that scares you? And it could be something new or is it really this journey over the last two years? I think this journey over the last two years has led me to all of the amazing uncomfortable moments I've had lately that are so beautiful and amazing. I have been saying yes. I just, I, I made this my year of yes. I turned 30 in March. I was so excited to turn 30 and get over with the 20s are rough. Um, but I turned 30 and I, I mean, just shifted in me and I was like, I said no for so long. And I, I don't know if I, if I know, you already know the, when you say no, you know, it's going to happen. It's predictable. There's nothing that comes of it on the other end. Your yeses open you up to so much more. And so I decided to say yes, so much more this year. And I heard some, someone said this recently, but uh, when you say yes, it defines your life experience. When you say no, it defines your character. So there's, you, there is something important about saying no. But the intention is, needs to be there. If it's just because of fear, you're not going to get anywhere. So I've been saying yes. The, you asked what the most, uh, something I did recently to step outside of my comfort yeah. zone. I, I've been traveling on my own saying yes to going to concerts and dinners and parties that with some people who I, I didn't know that well. And they're now becoming a really close group of friends. And if I get an invitation, I go through the 
I sit with myself and I'm like, if my instinct is to say no, I start to look at why am I saying no? Is it because I, it, it, it's like, I would want to be home or I, I'm, I don't know these people or something like that. If those are the answers, that's not good enough for me. If the no has to do with, you know, scheduling, it doesn't scheduling, it doesn't work or something with my dog, there's a responsibility or a deadline that makes sense to me. But the no, the reasons for no, that just hold me in my little bubble are not good enough. So that's what I've been using. And it hasn't, it hasn't turned me down any wrong paths lately. What's the best thing that you've said yes to this year so far? This year? Well, it's a, it's, it was a question that I asked myself and I haven't, I'm just starting the plans for it now, but I'm going to be moving to Los Angeles <laughs> and I've been asking myself that question actually for a long time. Do you want to move to LA? I've thought about it so many times and I've said no so many times. And the no's were because I wanted to stay in my comfort zone. I was born and raised here. I, New York is comfortable to me. It embodied the life that I thought I was supposed to be living, especially with the career that I had pre-pandemic, with the engagement that I had. It all encapsulated that version of Alex that I thought I was heading towards. And then my life exploded and that I'm not headed towards that Alex anymore. And so... Yeah, I wanted to be comfortable and now I'm ready to be me. And so I asked myself that question last week and I didn't have a good reason to say no, which is a yes. So that's the, that's the most exciting one. And now I'm in the plans. I've never moved across the country. I've never, I've really never done a big move before. And I'm terrified. This goes back to what we were talking about before. I am terrified even the nitty-gritty details of do I get rid of my car here do I get a new car do I get rid of my furniture like little things I guess those aren't little things are pretty big but uh I'm terrified but I'm leaning in that's so exciting (laughs) honestly from someone who as we were sharing before lived in New York for 12 years and my family is all from that area that I would would never leave and then I decided, and it is just amazing to be able to get out of your comfort zone and do something and try something. And you know what? If you don't like it, you can always move back. That's also a great point. I I thought it was finite. And as I said before, I'm a zero or a hundred person. I don't, I don't just do something and then like, I don't dip my toe in. I dive, <laughs> I dive in. So the thought of moving always felt very finite to me. And that's not true. Nothing in life is finite. I mean, one thing is, um, which death is finite. I didn't mean to go there, but it's actually, that's a, I don't see that as a negative. I see that as a really beautiful uh, way to just frame things, but nothing else is really finite. And we have the ability to, to move and flow and grow with those changes. And I did, it's honestly, I'm not, I'm not leaving because of this, the place. Yeah. You know, there's that statement, wherever you go, there you are. I'm not 
I don't think that it's New York that is that I'm that is uh, pulling me away or I don't think that it's New York that's pushing me away. I think that it's a new Alex that I'm being drawn to. And if I had moved right after my breakup, I because I was thinking about it then, I would have been the exact same person. It wouldn't have served me. I wouldn't have been able to lean into new experiences. If I, now I'm moving from a place of, I don't really, I am excited to experience a new city, but I'm excited to experience an Alex in a new city. And this Alex that I'm now finding doesn't make sense here anymore. So this Alex 2.0, if you will, or whatever you would call, sure. call it. Yeah. I'd love to hear, you know, certainly you went through a lot over the last two years and have seems like come out in such a great place and any tips for people on working through that and really feeling your best today, which I'm sure it's not every day you feel your best, but feeling in a different place than you did before. I don't feel my best every day. I don't, I still don't, but I'm more gentle and graceful with myself. And that's, that's my, my vow to myself is to always be kind and graceful, no matter what shows up that day. And I used to not be. So I, I was a full-time fitness professional. I had a full-time job. The pandemic happened. I was with my ex at the time. We were no longer meant to be together, but I fought it. I believe he did also. And we stayed together in the pandemic. And then towards the end of 2020, my career changed. He moved out. And all of the things that I used to reach for in my life didn't exist anymore. And I also didn't have any band-aids to reach for because we were in the middle of a pandemic and it was cold in New York and yoga studios weren't open. I didn't have friends around. And essentially everything that I was used to just disintegrated around me. And I was left to look at myself and realize there were a lot of wounds that I had never let heal. Some deeper issues and trauma from my childhood, some mental health struggles that I had actually alluded to on Instagram. I wear my heart on my feet. I always have. And I first talked about struggling with depression and anxiety in 2017 on my platform. And I'd always had these thoughts. They were always within me, but I was able to cover that really well. And now <laughs> Then all 2020 happened and nope, nothing's covered. You got to look at it, Alex. It's time. That's what it was. The universe was like, it's time. You're done covering this. And it was the worst time of my life. I blacked out many of these days. I was self-harming. I was having panic attacks regularly. The only freedom and, and, and peace that I actually felt is I, I got really into hiking. I was taking my dog on hikes all of the time. And that was really, really helpful. But then I'd come back home. I'd, I'd drive out, like come back and it, the issues were still there. And it got so bad that I had a choice. I had myself, it was either take your life, take your own life or ask for help really ask for help and not ask for help from people that you want attention from, that you think are going to fix it for you, but ask for true professional help. 
and I chose the latter. The scariest decision of my life. Chose to go to an inpatient treatment program in California for 30 days. And I showed up. I was with a girl who I'm so close with. We were together for two weeks. And then she left. And I was the only person in the treatment facility. Wow. For two weeks. The first person ever in the history of this facility, but maybe some others. I'm sure there were other people in other places that were alone because it was Christmas, New Year's, pandemic. Oh my it was just, it. people weren't there. And that was the universe giving me my a, an opportunity to face my biggest fear, which was being alone. I, oh. I went, I went because I didn't want to be alone. I wanted to be with other people who had raised their hands also and said they needed help. Wanted to be, I didn't want to feel alone. I was alone in my apartment in New York after my breakup. And the universe was like, you don't want to be alone? Nope. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah, exactly. Get ready. That's so wild. You're going to be alone. So I was alone and I'm so glad that I was because it made me really appreciate being alone and see myself in a way that I'd never felt, never seen before. I felt myself in a way I'd never felt before. I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have anybody around and it was very enlightening. And I came back. I actually started to lean into the thing, the band-aids again. So I, I had a rebound where I started filming workouts in my apartment. I was trying to fill my life up again with all these different things. This is now January of 2021 and things were starting to open up again. And I, I did that for about two months. And then I realized this isn't going to work anymore. I started to get burnt out from trying to recreate that life. So I paused, I took a break, I moved to Brooklyn and I started writing a book. And I spent a year writing a memoir. I've now since been working on shifting it to be a self-help book. And it's currently with an agent. So the next time we talk, perhaps in about six or nine months, I'll be pushing my book. But that journey has been a wild one, writing really two books. I've written now two books. Wow. And congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> it's the process is wild. And I haven't, I didn't use a ghostwriter. I've been, uh, I had a coach for the first one just to guide me on, you know, how to, how to set things up. And just like I would at, tell somebody to get a coach for training or nutrition, that was really helpful. And I now know exactly how to structure a book and a proposal. And so maybe this won't, I don't think I'll just be writing too. There might be more in the future, but you asked for my tips of how to do these and how to, how to get to this place. And it's in the book. Self, it's in the book. It's all about flowing into strong. And I'm really excited to share more of the details of my story, more of the trauma, not because I think everyone needs to know that part, but it's, it's important. And I think people can resonate. And I've learned a lot of lessons from going back and reworking a lot of that trauma. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I'm just so happy to hear where this journey has taken you. And I, I'm just such a firm believer in everything being meant to be. So the fact that like you showed up there and you were alone, like that is 
I'm not surprised that that is how it went. So I'm not either. And I'm very connected to source and to spirit. And it's, I, I think it's actually vital nowadays because we're so, we're very lost from that energy. When we look at other energy, we're living in the metaverse and the universe is so powerful. If you, if you lean in, <laughs> if you lean in. So today, how would you describe kind of your wellness philosophy, your diet, things like that? Kindness, being kind and graceful. I, coming from the a fitness world where it's very intense and effortful, not that there's no effort throughout my life and my day, but I try to let grace be my guide. So, you know, eating slowly is a really quick, quick, that's ironic. It's a very, it's a very uh, simple example. Eating slowly, eating with intention, slowing down, breathing. I mean, I still, I still do all these things where I'm throwing a barbell up into the air, but there's an intention and the, you can put effort towards something, but if the intention is not of ease, right? If the intention comes from fear, the effort will be aggressive. If the intention comes from love, the effort will be powerful and productive. And so I try to stay in touch with what my intention is as I go through the day. Do you pull cards throughout the day? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I do it sometimes. It's fun. Uh, throughout the day, I pray. I close my eyes. I pray. I have this. I've been very into Joe Dispenza lately. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, he has essentially proven the power of manifestation by looking at science. And our, I'm, I am not a scientist, so I, I don't want to regurgitate information incorrectly, but looking at how, how empty space, an atom is truly empty space. And we have the ability to move through that. And we are we are just empty, honestly, like we create the energy is what creates our matter. So if you can connect to energy, you can, you can literally change the physical world. And even if you don't resonate with that, if you're listening, if you connect to an energy that is of what you want to feel rather than what you want, you will most likely get something that maybe you want, maybe it looks different, but it definitely feels like how you want it to feel. And so I pray and I I breathe into an energy of this Alex who is really happy, really at peace, really attractive and beautiful in a way that like she's attracting goodness to her. And I come to her often throughout the day, I close my eyes, I can see her. And the more that I breathe into that sensation, the more I open my eyes and I actually feel it and I am her. And that's what I do. I love that. <laughs> it's all about putting out those intentions, those feelings, and that's what comes back to you. I remember seeing an image of, I don't know if you've seen this, and I forget who did this, but it's an image of water molecules. And one has like beautiful classical music and, and someone speaking to it saying like, you're beautiful, da da da. And then the other one is like crazy music and negativity. And the actual water molecules the classical music one looks like beautiful and perfectly symmetrical and the other one looks 
all over the place. I have seen that. It's real. Yeah. It's all real. And nothing's real at the same time. Right. <laughs> but I think for people who like can't get their mind around it, when you see examples like that, it feels much more tangible to be like, okay, there is something about putting good thoughts out and, and that is going to perhaps make a difference in my life. And like seeing those yeah. small things, I think can help people start to believe if they're okay. doubters. I, if I hadn't had an ankle injury a few years ago, I probably wouldn't believe this either. That's when I first found Dr. Dispenza's work. I watched a, a Netflix show. I think it's Netflix or it's just a documentary called Heal. Oh, yeah. And I, I'd torn some soft tissue in my left ankle. I went to a surgeon. He said he had to operate because that's what most surgeons do. And I said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to heal this on my own. And I started meditating on not meditating about my ankle being injured and that it was going to heal, but I would meditate on running. I had one of my best friends got married in Brazil and it was going to give me a few months, uh, like four months after my injury. And I was, I kept picturing myself running on the beaches in Brazil. That's what I was meditating on. And I, I was then, I was running on the beaches in Brazil four months later and I didn't need surgery. So that was a, that was a tangible experience for me where I was like, this works, the power of my mind. But you know, that was a few years ago and emotions in life can get really hard and it can pull you, they can throw you off. I had, I had a few years where I was really thrown off and it's not, you know, you don't have to change who you are. You just have to become who you are. You just lean back in and we, we fall off sometimes. That's part of the journey. Yeah. And then the, you don't fall so far next time. That's the thing, right? Like you're always going to you fall. You know how to catch yourself. Yeah. And you, you, you can make your way back just a little bit easier next time around. I know I'm going to be hurt again. I know my heart's going to break. I know that I'm not going to get something. I know that I'm going to be rejected. I'm, I, I know all of these things are going to come up, but I can handle them now. And the only reason I can handle them is because I leaned into the discomfort. What does your morning and night, if you have a night routine, look like? I do. I have both. <laughs> my morning routine is governed by my dog. What kind of dog do you have? She is half border collie and the other half lab, eagle, and Australian shepherd. So she is full okay. working breed, <laughs> two years old. Her name is Kali, named after oh. Kali Ma, the goddess of destruction. She, I, I got her in May of 2020 and pretty much everything started to be destroyed around me. Like she destroyed all of the things that weren't working for me. And she's also my soulmate. We're getting off tangent because I'm going to share my morning routine, but I have to share this. Some people might know if they follow me on Instagram, but she is my, she's my soulmate. Um, I didn't know this, but when I was younger, I had a stuffed animal version of her that was mine. And I didn't remember it. I found a photo of me when I was little at my dad's house. Next to me is this stuffed version of Kali. Oh my God. I found that on her birthday, her first birthday. That was wild. And then I've also noticed she and I have the exact same birthmark. I have this, it's almost like a star. It's on my wrist and she has one on her ear. I'll Let's see. She's sleeping right now. I want to hear, I want people to hear your reaction, Elizabeth. So this is my birthmark. Can I have your ear? Oh my God. 
That's so crazy. Yeah. So we're, we're actually, we're so Wow. And I think that a lot of people have, they're out there. Soulmates are out there. These connections, these signs are out there. If you open your eyes, we all have them. I've just gotten some really explicit ones. <laughs> but right in front of you. Right in front of me. So anyway, she, she governs my morning. I wake up. First thing we do is we go outside, which is really important. I, I think Dr. Andrew Huberman, if you listen in. I love him. He's epic. First thing you should do in the morning, get sun. Feel sun to set your circadian rhythm, set your clock so that you're then prepared to go to sleep later. You know, you're not, you're not thrown off on this weird, weird schedule. So I get sun first thing. I like to be outside. I'm, which is why LA is going to be great for me. I want to be outside right away. Um, so I go outside, I come back, I feed her. I drink a big glass of water. I drink athletic greens. I love that's, uh, that's been a daily ritual for me for a few years. And I've recently cut coffee, but I'm starting to be a little bit more intentional with it. If I do drink it, I drink it a few, not immediately. I'll drink it a little bit later on, but I sit on the ground. I sit on my floor. I have, my couch is amazing, but I always find myself on the floor. For me, it's grounding. I want to feel as close to the earth as I can, although I am in an apartment. <laughs> so I'm in a class for LA sitting yeah, on the I'm, lawn, maybe outside your house. I am manifesting outdoor space right off of my home so I can sit on the ground or lay on the ground, right? So yeah, I sit on the ground and I close my eyes and I lean into that energy that I want to feel and want to be. And then I I have some yogurt or cottage cheese with some purely Elizabeth. <laughs> Coconut cashew grain figured only because it's my favorite. <laughs> so that's that's my morning. <laughs> I love it. And then do you work out right away? Are you a morning exercise, move your body or? I am a morning move my body. It might not be my lift or my, my yoga practice right away. It's always a little bit of movement, like getting funky, just kind of moving my body around. It's always a walk with Kali after we do our first jaunt outside. Then after I've eaten breakfast and had my things, I go out a little bit longer, but I, I used to do coming from bikini competitions. I had this, I had this false narrative in my head that I had to do fasted exercise in the morning because it was better for me. And it's honestly, as a woman, it's really, it can be really detrimental on your adrenal system and your hormones. And I've been on a journey to heal those parts of myself. So I don't, I, I don't like to go intense without eating breakfast, but my ideal time to lift is like 10 a.m. yoga as well. Like a 10 a.m. type of gal, although I'm up early. So that's my, that's my morning. But always move your body. You don't have to do a workout. Just move your body. Yeah. Just move your body. Just move and, your body. And how about your night routine? Night routine, honestly, it revolves around dinner for me. I... My best evenings are when I give myself time to prepare my 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 dinner and and I don't really listen to music anymore. I just meditate with my food, or I or I think I talk out loud. Um, I do talk out loud to myself often, and that's a that's that's been a mental health shift for me because when you when you speak your thoughts out loud, 
they're not as rapid fire and they they can finish. So when you're when you have a bunch of thoughts going on in your head, our minds don't let you finish something before going on to the next. So I, I like to talk out loud to myself as I'm cooking dinner and being really intentional with my food, touching my food, eating without distraction. And then after that, I'll do a big skincare routine that it's just very, again, very meditative. Then I'll pop on the couch and watch like Kardashians and all the, you know, that's very meditative for me also. So there you go. (laughs) What, what's in your skincare routine? Your skin is beautiful, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've been working with my friend Cynthia Rebus for a few years. She is an amazing esthetician here in New York. I just realized I'm not going to have her look that way. She's incredible. She completely changed the way that I think about my skin. And I, I treat it just like how I treat every other part of my body, which is eating well, moving. So some of my favorite brands, I use this. I use a, an IS Clinical Warm Honey Cleanser, IS Clinical Active Serum, which is the bottle is really not big. It's so expensive, but it is liquid gold. And I... And you rather use a little bit of it. Use like a little drop. And I, I'd rather spend money on products that, that create health than covering things up. I'm not really a makeup girl. I'm, I never have been. I'm totally a skincare girl. So IS Clinical. Uh, and then I use Elta moisturizers. I think those are really amazing. And then I actually just texted her before we hopped on the call and I was like, do I need a retinol yet? And she's like, yeah, we can... We can start changing up your routine to turn 30. So like maybe I, uh, maybe it's time. Uh, but, but again, I think, you know, just like I believe in having a coach for fitness or for nutrition, she's my skincare coach. I don't know. I can read all the reviews online. I could go to Sephora and like read some bottles or read some magazine reviews, but she is a professional. She knows what my skin does. She is my skin coach. And so I reached to her and we, that's, that's a problem that I think a lot of us have. And I used to be this way too. There's so many different answers out there and they might not be the right one for you. And so finding a professional and then also trial and error is really important. Like use certain things, it could even be food, just see how you feel. Like just because someone else is gluten-free, or does it work for you? I don't know. Try it out. See how it feels. That, that's what you do. So I'm from skincare to gluten. I love that. I talk, I talk, talk a lot. I think it's all about finding people who can help. And, totally. And finding what's personalized and works for you. Yeah. What do you use? What are some of your favorites? Oh, I'm such a skincare junkie. You are. Honestly. And I'll be. When you talked about like your slowness, I've been listening to, do you know who Mimi Bouchard is? No, I don't. So she has an app called Superhuman and there are meditations that some of them are on their own, but some are like multitasking meditations, which for me works very well. And so she has some like getting ready meditations or putting your skincare on at night. And so just really taking that time to slow down and like be in the moment. And I love them. But anyway, I've been using a range of products. I have just recently started using Dr. Devkin's product. Okay. 
And those, again, they're very expensive, but I think that they work really well and you're using a small amount. So highly recommend those. I will check it out. I will check check out Mimi Bouchard and Dr. Duncan. Yeah. Thank you. Totally. All right. We're going to move on to some rapid fire. Oof. All right. This is a challenge for me because I... I talk a lot. Favorite affirmation? I choose myself. Best advice you've gotten in the past six months? The world needs only what you can give, so keep going. Favorite book or podcast for growth? Only Love is Real by Dr. Brian Weiss. It's a book about past lives and soulmates one of the best books that i've ever read in my life and then you can't go wrong with four agreements that that should be what it's life curriculum right there uh should be life curriculum yeah right I, i mean all of the things that i wish i had learned in school sex being one of them like truly talking about sex and um i talk about that more in my book but finding your sexuality and your power as a woman is really, really powerful. So that should be in the curriculum too. One of the books, The Fifth Vital Sign, it talks all about our cycles and that's a great book too. Wouldn't say that's one of my favorites, but it's important. Um, and then other podcasts that I really love besides with Purely, um, I love Jay Shetty, Rich Roll, yeah. uh, Brene Brown. I think they're amazing. And I actually really like Call Her Daddy. I think Alexandra Cooper is cool is really cool and i like the conversations that she has <laughs> i don't know that one i'll have to check it out but i love it it's, it's it's a little raunchy but i like it three things that you're currently loving could be tv show product could be the new kardashians on hulu <laughs> i do love the new kardashians on hulu but i've also been re-watching friends actually i wouldn't even say re-watching i'm watching it i never watched it in sequence and I watched the reunion a few weeks ago. I just watched that too. I was hysterically laughing, hysterically crying, so beautiful. And I have been really leaning into tribe and friendship. That's been my, the biggest bucket I've been filling up lately or that the universe has been filling up because I've been leaning into it. And so watching a show like that has been really special. So I'm watching friends, but yeah, I really didn't watch it before. And I've said that to people and they're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I was a Will and Grace girl. That's good. And Sex and the City, obviously. I, you can't not be a Sex and the City watcher. And then, I, okay, any other things that my favorite things, random things that I'm currently loving. I love sardines. It was a, like, I love sardines. You're so lucky. They're so healthy for you. They're so healthy. They're easy. Keep them in, like, tuna smells weird. Sardines, I think, don't smell weird. Yeah, they keep me full. Such a quick dinner. Sardines, make some rice, cut up some cucumber, nori strips, and you've got sushi. Avocado. So yeah, sardines. There you go. What do you want more of in your life? Laughter. What do you want less of? Worry. A meal that you'll never forget. This is a hard one. You know, I cooked so much during the pandemic. I Master Chef was my my quarantine show. I watched every single episode of regular 
and junior. And so I learned, I got really comfortable in the kitchen and I was cooking a lot of meals. I made beef Wellington once, which was really fun. I did that on FaceTime with my, with my friend, the same one who got married in Brazil. So that was amazing. So, you know, cooking my meals, I think is something I won't forget, but I most recently was in Tulum with three of my girlfriends celebrating my birthday actually. And we went to this restaurant called the tree house. And it was a slow service. So they space everything out over the course of like three hours. And it was so nice. And I think the reason why that is memorable for me is because it's it's in line with the way that I want to be eating and living my life already, a slow service. And I am an Aries. Um, I'm also Sagittarius, so two fire signs. I am very, I am quick. I rush. I felt like I've rushed a lot in my life. And so slowing down is really important. And that was, that was really nice to slow down during a meal while eating out. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was great. Treehouse in Tulum. And last question, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? Be kind. Said that a few times, but be kind, be graceful to yourself, to your body, to your thoughts to others, to your day. Your day might not go as well as you had hoped. And if you're if you're angry about it, it's just gonna make it worse. So be kind. Well, with like that. It's not that hard. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Any last parting words? What what is next for you? Anything else you haven't shared and where can people find you? So what's next for me is editing this book, getting it out into the world. I'm very excited for that. Teaching for some corporate clients a little bit more. I've been traveling teaching, which is really exciting for me. And I guess this move, that's what's next. And just leaning into who I am. I'm I'm really loving Alex and I never did before. And I hope that everybody wakes up during the day or wakes up in the morning and says, I'm really happy to be me and I choose me. So, and keep going. It, it gets better. It gets easier. And you can find me on Instagram. Good old Instagram. <laughs> I, I'm trying TikTok out, but I feel like I've been OG Instagram for a really long time. And I love that space. I love being able to write and share there. So at Alex Silverfagan, you can find me there. If you live in New York, I teach classes at my friend's studio called Happy Space on Saturday mornings. I'd love to see you there. And if not, I will see you whenever I'm supposed to see you or whenever we're going to meet. <laughs> love it. Alex, thank you again. This was wonderful. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.